Welcome to Doggy Dish, where two of LA's best dog trainers serve up a hearty helping of dog topics. At the end of this podcast, we'll provide information on how to contact our trainers. And now, here they are. Hi, this is Kim Reinhart with Ain't Misbehaving Canine. And Laura Burheny from Animal Attraction Unlimited. Thank you for joining us today. Yes, welcome. Today we're going to talk about fitting training into your everyday life. Because we know that people are really busy and that it's not always easy to set aside, although you should, it's not always easy to set aside specific training time. Yeah, it's not like you have to look at your watch at the end of the day and go, oh, geez, i got to spend half an hour training the dog. Where and I then you don't do it because you're too tired and so then no training at all gets done. Right. It is good to have some training time that's specifically about training, but it's also really good to incorporate day, uh, training into your day-to-day living so that you can manage it and make it easy for yourself. Well, and not only that, but so that your dog, I mean, any dog can can be good for half an hour at a time. Right. When you're concentrated on the actual training process, but then he doesn't listen to you the rest of the time throughout the day. Right. Absolutely. So, go ahead. Go for it. What's your suggestion? Well, my suggestion is to just control every single aspect of your dog's life. This sounds like a lot of work. Okay, wait a minute. We were fitting this into people's daily right, living. Right, right, right. Okay, okay, Knowing I got it now. Knowing that people have a little bit of other stuff to do. Okay, okay, I got it now. <laughs> no, but the things like, I mean, the simple things, obviously, making your dog sit at the door before you open the door to let him go in or out, but sit for petting. I mean, all the basic sit stuff. You but sit maybe there's you let people who the don't couch. know what basic stuff is. So well, basic stuff is it. everything that your dog wants you can take control over and if you make your dog do something an obedience exercise like sit or down for that then that's training Mm -hmm. because if you give it away for free all during the day and then you know let the dog make all these decisions throughout the day and then suddenly you try to tell him to do something he's going to look at you and go excuse me Mm -hmm. i've been wandering around here all day long making my own decisions and now you're trying to tell me what to do who do you think you are right Right. I think um, another one that you could work on that same way, which maybe people know, but maybe they don't, so I'm going to throw it out there, is, you know, you can start a recall in your house by simply not responding to your dog when he comes up and asks you for attention, and when he walks away, then calling him to you and giving him attention. It's a great way to build desire in a dog to come back to you when he's called. Right. Because, again, that way you're not giving it away for free. That's right. But the thing is, if you were to call him and he were to be there already, then you wouldn't be giving it away. There wouldn't be anything accomplished. But if your dog comes over and starts to push you for attention and you just resist the urge to, to reach out your hand and pet him or to look down at him, and then as soon as he walks away, say his name, call him to come, he comes over, and then you lavish him with attention, you're going to build in this desire to want to come when he's called. True. And it doesn't mean that your training is all going to be on that level. It doesn't mean that when you then get outside, come is going to mean instantly turn around and come back to me. But it is the basis for that kind of thing. So what are some other ways? Well, some other ways are like, I mean, if I'm just sitting here in my office and I have a dog bed in my office, that I'll bring a dog in and have him, because just so you know, folks, my husband's allergic to dogs, so they don't have access to all of the house. But I do let them come into my office, and so rather than wiggle around and get underneath the the wires underneath the desk or start sniffing around all of my books and everything or getting into the recycle bin, I tell them to lie down on their bed. Mm-hmm. And they just lie down on their bed. Mm-hmm. And so that's another way that I can get them to pay attention when it's not that specific training time. And in order to help me with that, what I'll do with a new dog is use a tether. Because so, if I'm at my desk, chances are I'm busy doing something. 
and so I don't want to have to continue to turn around and, and put the dog back because then I'm setting him up for failure and I'm setting myself up for frustration. So what I'll do is I will put a tether on, uh, you know, up against the cabinet or on the cabinet next to the dog bed and attach them to that and just tell them to stay and maybe give them a bully stick or a stuffed clown toy to help them succeed. Mm-hmm. Give them every reason to want to stay there. The other thing that you could do to kind of deepen that exercise is you could get into the habit of sending them to the bed initially. You stand on one side of the room, you tell them to go to their bed, toss the cookie to the bed. Mm-hmm. They run over to the bed, then you tell them good boy and you go over and reward them. And now you've not only have you worked on your down, which you're going to mm-hmm. now go into, but you've actually worked on teaching them to go to something, to send to something, which right. is a really good way to do it. Um, and, you know, it needn't take any real time out of your day. Right. And then you're also setting up what is expected of them when they are in this room. Right. When you're in this room, you don't mess around. Because I've been in people's offices before where they have so many cables and wires and everything else going on that the dog moving around could be dangerous. He could pull something down on top of him or, you know, get hurt. Mm-hmm. And so we do this, and that way the dog knows you come into this room, you lie down, you be quiet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good idea. Another one, of course, that might be obvious to some people, maybe not to others, and I... It's not to me. <laughs> and I do this with my own dogs, is having your dogs lay down while you make their food. Mm-hmm. It's a really good way to just set a boundary, an idea, and plant the idea in your dog's head that when he would like to get excited and go up, 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 He has to pull himself back, and it starts him down the road of learning how to control his impulses. Right. So you don't have to make a long, drawn-out, you know, adventure out of it. If you only have a few minutes and you're making the dog's food and you've got something that you need to do, you can get towards the end of it, ask him to lay down, good boy, give it to him. And that's how you start that behavior. And then you start rolling it into a longer period of time when the dog gets really good at it. So I'm not saying that you, uh, first time out the door, Get start making the dog's food, tell him to lie down. Right. And then, although I, I mean, that's how I do it. I just keep turning around until every time they get up, and very quickly they realize she doesn't keep moving unless we stay in a down position. Right. And it does teach them to control their impulses because right. that's a really exciting time. Leash, uh, getting them out to take them out for a walk, it's the same thing. You mm-hmm. get out the leash, you ask a behavior of them, and you do not snap that leash on until they're calm. Right. Because otherwise you're rewarding out of controlness. But again, if you don't have a lot of time, you might not start that at the very beginning of getting the leash out. You might only ask them to sit when you're just ready to snap the leash on so that you only have to catch a second of behavior and then build on that in the future so right. that you start asking it a little sooner and then a little sooner and, and then, then a little sooner. before you reach for the drawer or the doorknob wherever the where the leash is kept. Here's one, the but, stairs. But, but if you're going to do that, by the way, make sure that you... Uh, stay with your intention and that you don't say oh well I was going to work for the dog waiting for five seconds but I don't have that long so he got up so I'm just going to put the leash on him anyway right don't start a behavior that you're not ready to follow through with exactly and here's another big one um and this goes back to to my parents when they got their dog and I taught him he is not to be on the stairs at the same time as a person because my mom has bad knees and I didn't want him racing up and down the stairs and he's a big dog but even a small dog can cause problems because they get under your feet Mm -hmm. I didn't want him on the stairs at the same time and I did not want him at the top of the stairs I never wanted him above them on the stairs Mm -hmm. he was always to be below so whether they so it was either they put him on a stay at the bottom of the stairs they get to the top of the stairs and then call him 
or from the top of the stairs, they send him all the way to the bottom first, and he can't come back up onto the stairs while Until they're walking down. Right, right. And I didn't want him staying at the top while they're walking down, because, again, it's not about them going first. Mm-hmm. It's about who decides who goes first. But I didn't want him at the top, because then there's that anticipation on his part that they are about to get to the bottom of the stairs, and he knows they're going to release him anyway, that he could easily break the stay, and they wouldn't know it. And then he right. comes barreling down from the back. Right. Another good one, my sister, by the way, this is my sister's thing, is... Um, we love our families, dogs. by the way. <laughs> no, she actually, this was one, This was a limit that she set herself, and I, I was really impressed. Her dogs are not allowed to be in the kitchen when she's making food. That is a time when they are, in, where it is enforced that they stay out of the kitchen. Now, she didn't start by you know, continuously trying to keep them out of the kitchen while she was making food. Mm-hmm. She started at a, at a low level when she would just go in there for a few seconds to get a snack or whatever, and she would insist that they stay out. And when she was making dinner in the beginning and she they did not have that behavior, right. she would close them out right. so they didn't have access, so she would manage the situation. But eventually she got to the place where, you know, she starts to bring out the pots and pans and starts to make noise. The dogs are not, by the way, excluded from the kitchen. They can go in the kitchen. They just can't go in the kitchen when she's making food. Right. It's That's just a rule. Right. And that is a good rule to have because if you're carrying a pot of boiling water, mm-hmm. if you're carrying something hot or sharp, mm-hmm. I mean, the other day I dropped a knife, a sharp knife on the ground, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, my dog was luckily three or four feet away, but if I had had to, I would have stuck my foot out and had the knife go in my foot rather than in my dog. Right. Well, actually, that's where my thing with, you know, my dogs, when I'm making their food, have to lay down and stay put. And that's where it came from because I have terrible dropsies. Yeah. (laughs) I'm always dropping something on the floor. And I was afraid I was going to drop something on top of them, you know, when they were standing underneath me. So it became important that they did the downstay away from me. Actually, any rule that you impose in the house that you follow through with sets your dog on the road to good behavior. Right. Because you know what I think is more important than an actual fully obedience trained dog is a dog with good house manners. Absolutely. You don't have to sit down and train your dog sit down in a 20 foot stay with a nice recall and a finish in order to have a well behaved dog. Without question. And as a matter of fact, I am I know for a fact I am one of the laziest trainers on the planet Earth. I don't. That's not why we do this big. together because I'm a lazy trainer too. Yeah, it's true. It is. I have, I have really slacked <laughs> off over the years. Yeah. You know, the first couple dogs I had, man, they had everything on them, and I was really strict with them. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, you know what? As long as my dogs have good house manners and are well-behaved citizens, I don't care. Me too. I want a dog that will behave in the house that is housebroken, that comes when he's called. I'm really yeah. absolutely a killer about that, that stays. Right. I'm, I'm big on stays. And after that, I pretty much don't have a lot of requirements. If I tell my dog to stay and he lays down or he stands up, I don't care as long as he stays. I, I just don't care. But the thing is, it's that living with them. Can I live with them? Can I take them places? Can, do I have control over them in a situation where I need control? And then the other stuff is not so important to right. me. However, there are so many ways to incorporate that into your daily living. And and one of them is to simply ask the dog for something every time you have something that the dog wants. Right. You know, our little dog, Daisy, I never really put a whole lot of time into training her because she's a little dog. Little dogs, we tend not to train because we can just pick them up to get them out of trouble. And she's not that little. She's she's about 17 pounds. But, you know, I never spent a whole lot of tra- time actually training her sit, down, stay, any of that. 
And one day, I don't know, I guess we had her for about two years, and I go and I tell her to do something, and she does it. And I look at this dog, and I go, where did she learn to do these things? Because I did not teach her. I did not specifically set aside time to, to teach train. this dog these things. It was just through daily living and what I required of her. Yeah. Absolutely. You know what? I never, I don't think I ever set aside time to train. In fact, I remember uh, Laura and I at one time worked on something called a working trials, which is a big competitive thing in England, but we were going to do a working trial here in the States, and Laura and I, and some other trainers, but specifically Laura and I worked together several times on this working trials, and we laughed because both of us are so lazy. We're just, <laughs> and so just, Part of the reason that we worked together was so that we had to do it. Right. Because our discipline, right. our self-discipline for training was so poor. Right. That's not to say that our dogs don't have behaviors. They do because in day-to-day -day life, that's when we are working right. on them. And the other, them. the other people we were competing with were big-time obedience people. I mean, like competitive obedience people. And that so they all set the aside time. time training. I mean, they are really diligent about taking their dogs out and, you know, training every oh, day. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a huge part of their lives. And honestly, I don't even want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even about, you know, that I'm too lazy to do it. I just don't even want to do that. It's not me. appealing. Yeah. Right. So we did this to keep each other honest for training. And yet, our dogs have behaviors. And the reason that our dogs have those behaviors is because it goes into the everyday life, everyday time that we spend with them. So, again, recalls. Use Start calling your dog to what he wants. Don't just let him show up and then reward him. Start calling him to it. Catch him when he's not looking. Call him and then make sure when he gets there you have something really amazing for him. And that can just go through your day-to-day -day life. And what is more important than a recall? I think a recall is one of the most important behaviors you'll ever put on a dog. A recall and a stay. Yeah. Those, those are, are the, the two. two. Those are the two life-saving behaviors. Yeah. Those are the two that I'm absolutely really strong about right. it. And again, stay isn't, isn't a down stay or a sit stay. stay. I'm like you. If I put my dog in a position and say stay, I expect them to stay there. Like if I say sit and I say stay, I expect them not to slink into a down. Mm -hmm. But if, if they were walking and I just say stay, or if I'm going out to my car and they follow me to the front door and I say stay, huh, they can lie down if they want to. They can sit. They can do whatever they want. But I'm not going to require them to stay day in a position. Well, that's the funny thing, actually, when we started this working trials thing together. Honestly, my, I, my dogs had amazing stays, absolutely amazing stays. I could go out of sight. I could do all sorts of things. What they didn't have was a sit stay or a down stay. Right. They had a I'm not going to leave here right. stay. And so that was one of those things that I had to work for. It's the same thing. I just, I don't care so much. And so I, I wasn't inclined to put them on, in a particular position. I would just tell them to stay and they would stay. And I would know that they could stay and I didn't have to turn around and watch them or, or baby at them. So it just depends. You have to figure out, first of all, what is it that you're trying to get? What is it that's important to you? And then take time during your day, but only a few seconds here and a few seconds there to reinforce right. it into your daily activities. Because, you know, in the end, that's where we want these behaviors anyway. Right. And not only that, but sitting down for half an hour and training your dog isn't as effective. You're much better off training a couple minutes here, a couple minutes there, yes. because there's something that is technically called it's latent learning. So it's like you you teach the dog something real quick, and then you set them aside so they can think about it. Mm -hmm. Well, and honestly, you stay fresher that way too. Yeah. I mean, it's not just them. When you're working with your dog and you spend a lot of time working with your dog, you cease to be fresh and interesting anymore to the dog or 
you just cease to fr be fresh and interesting. You're, it becomes this sort of by rote thing, this, this sort of, you know, repetitive, boring thing. But for the dog, when you just throw something out there, and for you, it's more interesting. Right. It keeps itself fresher. Right. And, well, and not only that, but when we, when we train for a specified amount of time, we think to ourselves, I have to use, I have this much amount of time and I'm going to use every minute of it. And we end up training through that time, even if the dog is failing. If we're pushing the dog or we're asking too much and then the dog starts to not be as good at it, we start to get a little bit tired and then we don't want to end on a bad note. Right. That whole, don't want to end on a bad note, I have to get one more repetition. Or he's on a roll, I can get one more, I can get one more, I can get one more. And we go until failure. Right, right. And then we have no way to recover. Or we, in that period of time that we've set aside, maybe something comes up that is distracting to us or just super distracting to the dog, but we think, well, I only have this amount of time, so I have to work on this, even though I'm not ready to be here. Right. Maybe my dog is not ready to work against this particular distraction, or it's so distracting to me that I'm not 100% here. Yeah. And but I, but I have this time, and this is the time I'm supposed to work. So try incorporating training into your everyday living activities. And what you're going to find is when you start thinking about this, you find a lot of opportunities throughout the day. You'd be making your coffee in the morning and or your toast or whatever and put your dog in a sit stay mm -hmm. while you're doing that and while you're reaching into the fridge to get to get your creamer. Mm -hmm. And then you can go, yay, good boy, pet him and then give him a treat. Absolutely. You can do it a while you're on the, breakfast. on the computer. That's one of my favorite times to work with my dog is when I'm on the computer because I'm sitting in one spot and I can pay attention but not be completely over them, so I don't yeah. I don't choose to to train a brand new behavior, and training a brand new behavior. By the way, the time to do it is not when you're trying to incorporate it into your life. You do want to have the dog have some understanding of what the behavior is before you start to pull it into everyday life. There is a point where you have to actually concentrate on what you're doing, and that's when you're very first training a behavior. Yeah, I brought this is a little bit useless, but I I taught Sammy, uh, one of my dogs, to retrieve anything. Anything that is not nailed down, this dog will bring to me while I was watching television. Mm -hmm. Here I am sitting on the couch, and I taught this dog to retrieve anything. I mean, he dumped out the thing of coasters and brought each one to me individually. He brought me a Thomas Guide, which is a big map book. He brought me a six-pound dumbbell. Literally anything that was – he brought me all of the individual – remote controls for everything. Anything that was not nailed. Of course, I ended up with a whole bunch of stuff on the couch that I had to put away <laughs> later. But the dog would bring me anything. Uh-huh. Not just dog toys. And I did it just for the heck of it. Just right. as I could. Right. Because the dog is motivated to work. You know, it's called armchair training. Sitting on the couch and he's bringing everything to me. It's the best. It's absolutely the best. So, that's our idea for creating a situation where you can train your dog every single solitary day. Yes. And not necessarily set aside time for it yeah, every not having, day. Yeah, not having to look at your watch at 8.30 and go, oh, geez, rolling your eyes and thinking you have to spend 25 minutes training your dog. Right. You'll be surprised how quick it gets results. Yep. All right. So I'm Kim Reinhart with Ain't Misbehaving Canine. And Laura Burhenny from Animal Attraction Unlimited. Thank you. Thank you. You have been listening to Doggy Dish, a podcast series about dog training and other related issues. To suggest a topic for a future segment, please email us at dogdishtopics at yahoo.com. To learn more about our featured trainers, or if you're interested in training for your own dog and you live in the Los Angeles area, you may contact Laura or Kim directly. To speak with Laura, call 
800-480-4818 or visit her website at www.petdogtrainer.com. To speak with Kim, call 818-890-1133 or visit her website at www.beagooddog.com. Thank you for listening.